Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey. He tried to be so polished. As a broadcaster, he says weird stuff, but it's almost funny at times. Judd Zolgad. Just from a baseball perspective, I really enjoy him. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Oh! There is another shot deep to right. Moustakis with two home runs tonight and now 28 this year. Mike Moustakis signed back with the Royals yesterday. Now, this is kind of interesting, and maybe the Twins should have their ears perked up a little bit because Derek Falvey came out a week and a half, whatever it was, a week and a half ago, right when the games were about to start two weeks ago, and said there's a pretty good chance this is the roster that we're going to start the season with. You know, we've been kind of sniffing around. They made an offer to Lance Lynn. But here's what's happening right now. Middle of March, and players want to get into camp so that they can be ready for the regular season, especially, I would think, pitchers. Mm-hmm. Who'd like to face professional lineups and yeah, not just throw bullpen sessions? Uh, remember when fifteen days, right, from opening day? Yeah, remember when Kendry Morales signed with the Twins in like June? Yes, and and he didn't go through a full spring training, and he was just—it's like the one disastrous year outside of the injury he suffered ten years ago of mm-hmm. his career. Um, so Mike Mustakis finally said, "All right, I wanted a multi-year deal. This is my maybe my one shot at free agency. I'm 29 years old, coming off a 38 home run season." He's he's okay defensively too at third base, and he signed a one year eight point seven million dollar contract to go back to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Just totally settled for his teammate Eric Hosmer, who I believe is even a year older, maybe but he's somewhere in the same ballpark. Hosmer signed for like one hundred fifty million dollars on a seven or eight year contract. Mustakas, who plays a more premium position third base, had to settle for one year eight point seven million. So if that's where the market is right now. Don't you think it's worth circling back? And I'm sure they're having these conversations with a Jake Arrieta or a Lance Lynn. Put it this way: if Jake Arrieta wants to sign a one-year, you know, value-building contract for twelve or fifteen million dollars, yep, I'm in if I'm the Twins. So I I heard um, a former executive talking today about the fact that uh, Lance Lynn and Cobb and those guys are waiting for Arrieta to sign his contract to set their market. That's a great yeah, idea. Set what market? That's a great market. idea in November, December, and January. Yeah. This market has gone haywire. It doesn't exist, okay? So if Boris is going to have Arietta essentially sit out, that's his business. He can do it. I don't care. But if I'm Lance Lynn or Alex Cobb, I am now not saying to myself, well, I'm just going to wait. I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, this thing has gone absolutely haywire. It's gone crazy. Therefore, I better sign. And if you want to, you know what, if you want to claim collusion or just the changing of, of how 
guys on the open market are viewed, that's fine. But for whatever reason, this winter, if you were, unless you were a complete star player, and even then it, it has not been great, this has been a situation where you need to sign. And and I also think that this is why if you're the twins and Dozier's like, I'd really like to talk contract, you're like, hey, just wait. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, back to the point of Lynn or Cobb, they need to sign. And there's no market to set. And let's throw Arietta in that mix, too, because I, I think if it were – this is where once you start to strip away the risk, and what's the risk? Well, the risk for these pitchers is the longer the contract and the older they get, the more likely it is that their performance is going to fade or that they're going to suffer another injury or – Tommy John, whatever it is, like, but if if you're just looking at 2018, if we if we're talking about one or two year contracts to build value, there's very little risk involved. It's a, and we're not talking about 30 million dollars a year here. Jake Arrieta was maybe the best starting pitcher in baseball two years ago, and he's declined the last couple seasons. The innings have gone down from 229 all the way to 168 last year. And uh, the strikeout rate has gone down a little bit. The ERA and all the peripherals have gone up. And so if you're a team having conversations with Jake Arietta, you're thinking you're 32 years old. You've declined for two straight years. We're really nervous about that third or fourth year. That's why we don't want to sign you. Mm-hmm. But if Jake Arietta changes his mind and says, bleep it, I want to get into camp. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to make some money here. So whatever. Let's let's. It's a one-year deal, and whoever offers the most for one year I would I would pay Jake Arrieta fifteen million dollars on a one year deal to see if he could get back to maybe not the Cy Young Award form from two thousand fifteen, but if he can get back to being one of the top twenty or thirty pitchers in baseball, and you get him for a one year deal, well, there's take, not much risk involved in that. So uh, we, we were told in the scoop last week by Doogie that Lynn was supposedly offered what two years, slightly north of twenty by the Twins. Uh, well, I don't know what the final Around number was. 20. He anyway, said 12 at first and then went anyway, back on that. Yeah. Anyway, my point's this. If you go to Lance Lynn today and say, okay, we'll go one year, 12, he'd be nuts not to jump at that. Like if he actually says, no, I'm wait, I'm going to wait, what are you waiting for now? There's no there's there's no market to set. This is This is really, really weird, and it's unusual, but it's completely team-friendly. So if you're Lynn's agent or the Lynn camp and you say, well, we really like uh, three, I say, no. I say, do you understand that the only thing I can think of now is that teams are going to allow a few of these guys to sit out there. I think the date with Morales was June 1st. I think if you wait till like June 1st or 5th, it's early June, draft pick compensation goes away at that point. Yeah. Because Morales stayed on the market because of that. But my point being is if Lance Lynn wants to pitch, I go to him and I say, we'll we'll give you one year 12. We'd like to go 10, but we'll go 12. If his people say no, they're crazy at this point. And I don't know what other, like, who knows what else he has on the table. Maybe he has a three-year, $30 million deal on the table and he just, like, and he doesn't want it or doesn't want to play there. It's hard to know what they have on the table and what they've rejected. And I'm sure a lot of these guys rejected, re- rejected yes. deals back in November and December, yes. and now they're sitting here like, But uh, they're probably gone. Yeah, it's kind of like when the, point. when the Twins were ready to trade Johan Santana when Bill Smith took over in 2007, like 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And they had a couple really good offers from Boston and New York around the winter meetings back in early December of that year. And Billy was just a little hesitant and thought he could get some more and so wanted to be patient and was kind of indecisive. And they waited until January, whenever that was, late January. And all of a sudden, now the Red Sox and Yankees are like, well, we're out. Sorry, we're out. And the Mets were the only team left. Yeah, That's what's happening with some of these free agents. 
they got a little greedy maybe or thought the market was going to be different back in November and December and now teams are all standing there saying oh, I don't, we're not going to give we're not going to give a 31-year-old pitcher or a 32-year-old pitcher a 5-year guarantee contract there's been too many of those 100 million dollar deals that don't work out from the twins perspective when we talk about risk another risk and a reason why I think they hesitate multi-year contracts for 30-year-old plus veteran pitchers you don't want to clog up too many spots long term in a rotation where You've got Fernando Romero, who might be ready to pitch in the big leagues this year. You don't want to give those guys spots and have to rely on them to help you get to the playoffs, but you definitely want to like you want to make room for them. You don't want to have five Phil Hughes contracts on your books and then feel obligated to to pitch those guys. But if you were to sign a one or a two year contract, a Lance Lynn or a Jake Arrieta, Irv's off the books after this year because yep. Irvin's not going to get to his vesting option of two hundred innings. Yep. Uh, and so, like Phil Hughes, you'd still be paying. Jake Odorizzi is still going to be under team control, but you wouldn't. It's not like you'd have a bunch of spots locked up. You can afford contractually to lock a guy up for two years. I was going to say one or and, two years and, is and totally not, different, and not block yes. a young pitcher from being in your rotation. Four to six, four to six years is excessive and can cause some problems there. Arietta, if you go to him today and you give him a one-year contract, that's let's say fair. So what, seventeen, fifteen million dollars. And then you give him a second-year option, his option. So if he lights out and and the market goes back to normal in a year, he gets the chance to explore his his options again. I think that's more than fair. Yeah, but yeah, but that does not cl- that does not block young pitchers. Then. But then, like here's here's another risk that you're calculating as a front office for the guys. And I don't know. I think Arietta rejected the qualifying offer from the Cubs, which means they're, you'd lose a draft pick. If you're the Twins, you'd lose a... I think it would be like a late first round pick you'd lose. And Moustakas did, did as well from KC, and it was a... That's why, But that's why he went back to... $17.4 million offer right. that he rejected. Um, and so they obviously don't have to give a pick, right, because they got him back. Is right. that how that works? Yes. Yeah, there, there's no draft pick. It's a little bit confusing. But on Arietta, if you're the Twins, let's say, let's say he says, all right, bleep it. I'll sign for 10 or $12 million on a one-year deal to rebuild my value. Mm-hmm. If you have to give up a highly, you know, like a one of the top forty-five picks in the draft or whatever, do you want to make that trade-off? If that's another Jose Barrios caliber pitcher that might be of service to you in a couple of years, or a Brent Rooker, that guy from the SEC who's just carving up the minor leagues and in, carved up Friday night SEC pitching and might be up. In this case, I think I take that chance. I, I get your point. But that's, well, that's the risk that I get front that. offices. That's part of the reason and why these guys that. don't sign. But if it, if it's Arietta and I get him and it's it's let's say fifteen million dollars, that's pretty attractive. And now you've got a rotation that goes let's say Barrios, Arietta, or vice versa, Santana, mm-hmm. Odorizzi. That's a pretty good rotation. I think I take that chance then. If if we're talking if we're talking about a secondary guy who's been sitting on the market for months, and I have to do that, I probably don't. But we're talking about a top pitcher still that you're going to get or should get at a really reasonable price. You know what the beauty is for the Royals here on the Mustakas contract? Not only do they they get a really good third baseman, he's he's a very good player, and he's going to hit a bunch of home runs, and he he helps make your team a little more viable. Although they're not going to, they've lost too many pieces, they're not going to contend. You can spin him. It's a one-year contract, so they're probably going to trade him in the next two or three months. So instead of, you know, instead of maybe uh, you know losing out on him or yeah, you get they yeah, can actually they can probably right. get an actual prospect or two for him if he starts hot and trade him in but, June or July. But the point the point with his contract is this: these guys have to sign unless they just want to sit out. 
So unless they're going to make this statement by not playing baseball, they have to sign. There's no market for them. Like, there's going to be no market here. Yeah, what are you leveraging at this point? I don't think someone's going to come around and say, oh, my God, we've made an enormous mistake. Here's five years, Jake. Yeah. Like, what do you... what? What would your leverage be at this point? If every team says, we like you, but you're not you're not the thing that's going to make or break was, our team. If this was football, you'd be at a key position. You'd be hoping someone would get hurt. But I don't think someone's going to have a pitcher go down yeah. in baseball and now come to Jake Arrieta and give him four years. Do you? Uh, no, I don't think so either. So I, 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 also, I can't answer your question. I don't know. And you know, individual baseball players, for the most part, especially once you get past the Mike Trout, Bryce Harper category of elite players, Individual players aren't influential enough. Like there's there's nine guys on the lineup and right. starting pitchers only pitch once every five days. And so right. unlike a quarterback or a star NBA player where you need that guy, or you if you don't get that guy, you might have it might be the difference between like a six win season and a ten win season. The twins are gonna whether they get Jake Arietta or not, the twins are gonna be in playoff contention. And they could they could get another pitcher at the trade deadline if they wanted to. So really, the leverage is with the teams right now, which just goes back to your point. So I think I don't think they are done. I I think there's a chance they could still wind up a one or two year contract. Lance Lynn or Arietta or Alex Cobb It'd be kind of fun. You know what we haven't done yet today. We haven't played a game show. I know we haven't. We haven't given away prizes. Let's go. Uh, we just need one caller for this. Caller number five to six five one six four six eight two five five. Or 877-615-1500. It's a game show Friday from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. I've been waiting for this for a long time. On 1500 ESPN. Game Show Friday. It is Game Show Friday with Mackie and Judd. Here are your hosts, Phil Mackie. And Judzogan. Oh, oh why, why'd you do that when well, my name well, came on? Huh? Uh, game That's Show Friday is. today is sponsored by Chris Lindahl, the number one Remax results team. Mm. And we've got uh, some fun prizes here to give away. We have a four-pack of tickets to all four games of the NCHC Frozen Face-Off at XL Energy Center, March 16th and 17th, so next weekend at the X. Mm-hmm. We also have a $50 total wine and more gift card. MacGyver Season 1 on DVD. And a downsizing digital HD download starring Matt Damon and Kristen Wiig. So thanks to the uh, Chris Lindahl team for powering this thing. Very nice. Um, so we have a contestant, Larry, on the line here. And uh, let's before we explain kind of what this is all about, Dave, what game will Larry be playing today? Larry, get ready for a very special general knowledge edition of Stump the Punk or Beat the Slob, whatever we call it. I don't even know. Yes. All right, Larry. Thanks for the enthusiasm, Mr. Announcer. Larry. What do we call it? Stump, stump the punk and stump the slot. Stump, stump the slot. I thought yeah. we had a different word. Stump, no, stump, stump for both. We can revisit the title. I don't understand why you so guys Larry, are Larry, you slob. get to you get to pick. I do. The one that you want to play against. <laughs> Who do you? Which one of us do you think is the bigger idiot? Who's who's the dumber one? Which one do you want to face? Well, I think it really comes down to whether this is going to be a hockey centric line of questioning or not. Otherwise, I'm going to be. 
Otherwise, I would prefer to play Stump the Slob in mess shorts at high school sporting <laughs> events. Clearly, he wasn't listening to the great announcer when he said general knowledge. You know, you know, Larry, that's funny because I am thinking about making my way to the X following today's show, and I have my mesh shorts and trench coat in the car all set to go. Wow. That is all kinds of creepy. Ew. Well, I got long socks on. That come Doesn't up. make it better. That makes it a little less creepy in your and, mind. And my loafers. Do you have right. three long socks? Let's play Stump the Creeper. All right. All right, Judd's going to leave the room here. Going to leave the room. Here's the catch now. So Larry. Larry's going to win something no matter what because, uh, you know, it's just we're participation trophy-centric here. If Larry loses, the first caller to 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 will also have a chance to win a prize. So, uh, Larry, Judd has now left the room. Hopefully Chris Reavers can turn his speakers down out there because I know he's listening in the hallway. Still might not help. You might forget the correct answers. (laughs) We'll see. All right, Larry, you ready for this? Yep, let's go. Question number one. What magazine puts out the Hot 100 list of popular music in the United States? That has got to be Billboard. Larry's on the board. He's got one correct. Here's question number two. What's the most commonly spoken language in the world? I'm going to go with uh, Spanish. Mm. Chinese. Is it just because there are so many billions of people in China? Big voice guy? That helps. That has to be be why, right? All right. It's okay. I think you might have won the game already because you have one correct. But let's keep going with this. (laughs) Question number three. What is the southernmost state in the United States? Uh, geez, that is got to be, does, does that include Hawaii? Uh, is that your final answer? It includes yeah. all 50 states, like the question stated, <laughs> dummy. Geez, sorry I blew up here. Three, two, Hawaii. one. Hawaii is correct. Yes. All right, Larry, you're two for three so far. Dave, are you sick of all the uh, Drew of all the uh, Kirk Cousins reckless, reckless speculation as well? You're a little edgy today. What's up, guy? Just today? <laughs> there is that. <laughs> Dave wakes up on the edgy side of bed every morning. Here's the fourth question for you, Lair. The time right now is blank. It is 12:21 right now. Thank you. I read what's on the prompter. <laughs> 12:21 p.m. <laughs> the time is 12:21 p.m. What time will it be in exactly 47 hours? <laughs> uh, in 47 hours, it'll be 11.21 a.m. No, it'll be the exact same time due to daylight savings time <laughs> taking place over the weekend. I can't wait for Judd to answer that one. All right, Larry is two for four here. You're on, you're on a roll here. I think if you get one more, you should solidify yourself. What word describes a triangle with two of the three sides of equal length? What type of triangle is that, Larry? Oh, boy. That is... Jeez. I'm going to go scalene. That's a pretty good guess. Isosceles would have been a better guess, though. An isosceles triangle. What's this? What's scalene? 
That is a triangle with no sides of equal length. Okay. So Google just taught me five minutes ago. Nice, nice, nice. All right, Larry, here it is. Question number six. What is the first sign of the zodiac? Should we go multiple choice here? Multiple choice here. All right. Leo, Aries, Sagittarius, or Pisces. What's the first sign of the zodiac? The first. Leo, Aries, Sagittarius, and Pisces. Uh, Sagittarius. Ooh. Aries would have been the correct answer. Are they alphabetical? I think they're probably alphabetical, right? They're not alphabetical. Larry, we're going to keep you on the line here and bring Judd back in, and we're not going to tell him the score needed. How confident do you feel with two correct, though? Uh, not very, to be honest. Though. Really? Judd is, Judd is a mitigating factor here. Yeah. Three nothing, Orno. <laughs> Uh, yes, Orno has scored again to make it 3 nothing over Matamidi. This could have been more fun to actually right, play on. against All the right. Judbot 3000. Uh, Larry would rather be playing against the Judbot 3000. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Judbot 3000 is in a bad mood. Bad mood today, Larry. We could have Judbot 3000 make a trivia appearance at some point. What's who's the game worse, we... Who's in a worse mood, Harrigan or JB3K? Well, it's always Harrigan because he's always in a bad mood. Yeah. Well, what's that game we used to play, uh, Office Betty? Yeah. Ask Office Betty. Ask we should be doing that. It's why almost tournament time. Yeah, why are we doing well, that? We should do Ask Judbot 3000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Judd. We're all not right. going to tell you the score that you need. We'll just uh, let you know at the end if you beat Larry. And by the way, if you're listening, if if Judd beats Larry, first caller to 651-646-8255 or 877-615-1500 will uh, we'll win a prize. All right, here's question number one. All right, let's hear it. What magazine puts out the Hot 100 list of popular music in the United States? Um, I'm going to say Rolling Stone. It would be Billboard. Billboard, the Billboard Hot close. 100. It was close. I feel good about myself for that one. Okay, we're off to a good start. Okay. You seem to resign to, uh, to a loss here. Like you're just no, trying to get this over no, with as quickly no, as possible. No, 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 I gave you an honest answer. I thought that would be the layup question. That's why I put it first. I did not know that. I just that. wanted to get you on the board. Now, you've heard of the Billboard Hot 100, though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was Rolling Stone. No, it's not. Okay. Uh, what is the most commonly spoken language in the world? Uh, it's got to be English. No, it doesn't. Chinese. It is? Chinese, yes. Are you sure? Are yes, you sure Judd, about that? I'm quite sure. <laughs> Did you find that online? I found that in all my research. Your re- There's a lot of people in China. I, I'd like to contest that. Trust the research. I'd, I'd like to contest that and bring that back. Uh, question number three here. Protest. Yes. What is the southernmost state in the United States? Uh, Florida. You want to guess again? Southernmost state in the United States? <sighs> what is it? I mean, there's only so many, so yeah, I mean, many there's options. Texas, there is Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas. Yeah, it wouldn't be Arizona. What? Yeah. You're right, it's not. What is it? Hawaii. What? Hawaii is the southernmost state in the United States. I thought it'd be Florida. All You're right. Wrong. All right, 0 for 3. All right, question number 4. By the way, neither one of you performed particularly well at these questions. I think well, I think this question, is like an Andrew Wiggins shooting performance I think, right now. I think question 2, I think question 2 is wrong and Dave and Dave's wrong there. But we'll find you out later. You have no basis to we'll, say that. You I just am want protesting. to be right. I am protesting cuz I think your research Multiple was sources. was half bleep. Multiple sources that are wrong. I'm protesting. 
How many billions of people live in China? Are you serious? No, that's not the question. I'm just saying, like, there's more people by far that live in China than... Now, I get that there's right, other exactly. countries... Right, exactly, which is why, it's re- anyway. which is why I, I'm contesting. All right, the time right now is 12.27 p.m. Yep. All right? Yep. What time will it be in exactly 47 hours? Hold on a second. He's reaching for the buzz button. <laughs> Where's the buzz? It's over there. He's buzzing himself. He's buzzing himself. <laughs> Get out of the building! Get out of the building! Okay. So you're just gonna well, you're waving the white flag on that question? Is that question that hard? I just buzzed myself. Uh, the correct answer would it's... be the exact same time because of daylight savings time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That quite. Yeah. That that's one of the dumbest questions I've heard. <laughs> Okay, so this is two questions. Okay, 0 for 4. I'm, I'm, I'm protesting question 2 because I think you're wrong, and I'm calling question 4 stupid, so I'm uh, 2 for 2 now. Or 2 for 4. Shocking. Judd bullying the question maker because he can't get a single thing right. He's Hit the buzzer again. Out. Hit the buzzer again. Hit the buzzer again. Hit the buzzer again. Thank you. Is this what you were like in junior high? <laughs> junior high? This well, is you this what I'm like when I go home. Oh, whoa. 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 All right. <laughs> All right, here's question number five. All right, really thought it was four. What <laughs> wor- skip this one? Justin have a prayer. What word describes a triangle with two of the three sides of equal length? Uh, isosceles triangle. Holy oh, crap! Snap! See, see if you make the questions. Although I should have got the first one. So here's the drama: if you get the next one correct, you force a tiebreaker. So it's been an absolutely Wait, so embarrassing there? performance at this point. If you get the next one correct. Because you're you've gotten, I got one, one right. Correct. Two yeah. correct would put you in a tiebreaker with Larry, who did not perform well either. Okay. So here's crazy. the question. No, nobody really wants to extend this train wreck. Let's be honest. Oh, we've got a half hour left, gentlemen. <laughs> and you know what? I'm sure it's Friday. We could probably leak into Garage Logic. Let Joe go find a golf dome somewhere. Here is the okay. tiebreaker uh, to force a tiebreaker. It's multiple choice as well. Wow. Okay. What, what is the first sign of the zodiac? Is it Leo? Aries, Sagittarius, or Pisces? Leo, Leo Aries, Aries yeah. Sagittarius, Sagittarius yeah. or Pisces? What is the first sign of the Zodiac to force a tiebreaker? Oh, um, Pisces? No! Oh, dang it! Aries would have been the correct oh, answer. Aries. Aries. Darn it! So Larry is, uh, you know, just for fun for both you guys, just to maybe, just like batting practice here, get get you off on the right. We don't, we don't really. Care some that loud much. contact at the end here. Uh, first one to answer gets to feel good at the end of the thing here. Now, what is the most recent number retired by the Twins, and for whom? Larry probably knows this right top of his head. Larry, you want to go first? Nope. <laughs> this is a hot, game of hot potato here, isn't it? The most Who's recent? the most recent number okay. retired by the Twins? I yeah. woke up this morning. I went out for breakfast. <laughs> I went to the Twins batting practice. I played a round of golf, and this segment is still ongoing. And you're still on I think, the I think I know. I think it is. I think it's number 10 for Tom Kelly. There it is. Yes. Although, although, don't sleep on on the fact that in two or three years, number seven will also be re- retired. That's going to be controversial. This will be Mauer's last season this year. 
because he'll play out his contract. He'll find no takers for himself on a bad market next year. Yeah, they'll have gate seven. So are they going to do the gate seven ceremony and the number two, on, no, on the two same separate day, ceremonies. Or two separate ceremonies. Two separate ceremonies. Okay. Oh yeah, Larry, congratulations! Way you to go, Larry. are the. I don't want to say winner. You just lasted longer than Judd did in so Game got, Show Friday today. So he okay. So yeah, you did fine. But Larry, bye, Larry. <laughs> uh, speaking of baseball Hall of Famers. There's a sure first ballot Hall of Famer uh-huh. that uh, that Wright Thompson wrote a piece about in ESPN the magazine. You won't believe how maybe you will believe it, but how bizarre Ichiro is. This is an <laughs> unbelievable story. It's really good about yes. Ichiro behind the scenes. Let's talk about that. Mackie and Judd in the TCO broadcast studios. Phil Mackie, Judd Zogad. The Minnetonka Police Department's investigative unit described the relationship between the two as on again, off again at a press conference this morning. Mackie and Judd he also said there's been a history of domestic incidents between the two on fifteen hundred ESPN. Madaminai. Strikes back with a soft goal. Was it four to one now? A little five hole action there. That went off a couple of skates. It looked like. Oh, that's that's a tough one to stop. So, yeah, it's not. That's it's a not lot as soft of screen. Defensemen like. got to clear those guys out in front, man. That's not fair. Four to one though. Uh, four Orno's four to one in the second period with three minutes to go. Three seed Orno is uh, leading Matamidi. Although here comes Orno again now. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun tonight. Got some good double A action. Are you soloing tonight? Gonna be good double A action. Um, or is it date night? Tonight, uh, you know, Dawn's not at work tonight. She works till five. Um, but I'm thinking it's either going to be I'm going to go solo to the X by myself and try and go to the two double A games, or I'm going to go to Bunny's, which will be packed for for it, it's an Edina bar basically. It's in St. Louis Park, but a lot of Edina fans go there. And you got Edina Duluth East tonight, which is going to be a really really good game. And then you got uh, Minnetonka Centennial. And Centennial, I guess, is sort of a mm. dog in, in this whole thing. And they're sort of the feel-good story of the tournament because they knocked off St. Thomas Academy, sure. which is all, like my buddies at Benold, all the rich kids. So I think there's going to be a lot of people pulling for Centennial tonight. So you might go to the just to the viewing party at the bar instead of uh, yeah, I, wearing as nice far shorts as, and a trench as coat. As far the as the edge. plans with the wife, I, I just got to think I'm going to put them on hold. <laughs> Sorry, honey. I got to think that. <laughs> I know you want a night of romance, well, but I need pl- to watch 17-year-olds. There's plenty There's plenty of time <laughs> for the rest of that stuff. You know that. Yes. State tournament's only once a year. Uh, there's a story on ESPN.com. Wright Thompson wrote this for ESPN the magazine. I feel like Wright Thompson, he gets incredible access for some of these stories. And he wrote about Ichiro, who's 44 years old, just re-signed with the Mariners, and the only thing Ichiro does is baseball. So a lot of guys might have business ventures. Like A-Rod is on Shark Tank and and had A-Rod Corp yeah, when he was still he's playing. The and anti-A-Rod for sure. So here's some stuff from this story. I'm just going to read some excerpts and then you can react and we can react to this stuff. But this is so interesting how Ichiro has systematically stripped everything out of his life that isn't baseball. Now he's still married. But his wife lives in Seattle in yeah. their full-time home. And he goes home. And he goes to Japan. And so he spends the entire off-season in Japan mm-hmm. renting a full stadium every day. A full stadium. Like some guys would maybe rent out a batting cage or they would have a workout facility. He rents out a full stadium and has 10 or 11 people that just help him shag balls and field grounders and play soft toss and short toss and all that stuff. And he works out seven days a week in shorts in the freezing cold temperatures in the winter in Japan, outside. Mm-hmm. This is this is what he does in the offseason. Here's a couple little uh, little paragraphs. Former teammates all have favorite Ichiro stories about how he carries his bats in a custom humidor case 
to keep out the moisture. How in the minors, he'd swing the bat for 10 minutes every night before going to sleep or wake up some mornings to swing alone in the dark from 1 to 4 a.m. All the stories make the same point. Ichiro has methodically stripped away everything else in his life except for baseball. Former first baseman Mike Sweeney, who got close to Ichiro in Seattle, tells about getting a call one time from an old teammate who'd had an off day in New York. You're not going to believe this, the guy began. He brought along his wife, and they walked through Central Park, thrilled to be together in such a serene place. Far off in the distance, at a sandlot field with an old backstop that looked left over from the 1940s, they saw a guy playing long toss. The big leaguer did the quick math, the guy on the phone, uh, Sweeney, and figured the distant stranger was throwing 300 feet on the fly. Curious, he walked closer. The guy hit balls into the backstop, the powerful shotgun blast of, so he's throwing balls like into the backstop, the, mm-hmm. the shotgun blast of a real contact familiar to any serious player. He became impressed, so he got even closer, close enough to see. The man working out alone in Central Park was Ichiro. <laughs> it is a great read. It, it is a fantastic, it's a really long, long story, and it is a, uh, it, it's a quick read. The description, it is. I had no idea how obsessed Ichiro was with perfection. Well, here's I had more. no clue. Here's more. So Ichiro walks through the whole... So Wright Thompson must have shadowed him for a couple days in Japan and got him to agree. Like, he goes to the same restaurant, enters the back door, they take his coat, he sits with his back to the rest of the restaurant. It read like he just stalked him, but it was great. Yeah. So Ichiro walks through the hotel lobby, uh, lobby at the exact same time as he did the day before, 11.46 a.m., repeating his routine to the minute. He's a funny, self-deprecating guy who often makes light of his own compulsive behaviors, which extend far beyond his baseball-related rituals. He said in a Japanese interview that he once listened to the same song for a month or more. There's enlightenment in obsession, he says, because focus opens perception to many things. It boils life down. I'm not normal, he admitted. He gets stuck in patterns. In the minor, sometimes his 10-minute bedtime swinging ritual stretched to two hours or more. He'd just be swinging for like two hours. Yep. Before bedtime, his mind wouldn't let him stop. For years, he only ate his wife's curry before games, day after day. According to a Japanese reporter who's covered him for years, Ichiro now eats noodles or toasted bread. He likes the first slice toasted for two minutes and 30 seconds, and the second slice toasted for one minute and 30 seconds, calculating for the leftover heat in the toaster. For a while on the road, he ate only cheese pizzas from California Pizza Kitchen. He prefers a certain type of barbecue sauce for his beef, and one time his wife ran out uh, of the the first barbecue sauce and mixed the remaining amount of another brand, which is basically identical, and Ichiro immediately noticed. These stories are endless and extend far beyond food. This past September, a Japanese newspaper described how he still organizes his life in five-minute blocks. Deviations can untether Ichiro. Yes. He cries in his sleep when he's in slumps during his career. It's it's the weirdest, incredible. The weirdest part, I, I think, is when uh, Ray Thompson has a paragraph about a, a reporter in Miami asked Ichiro, what are you going to do when baseball's done? And he basically said, I'll probably just die. Yeah. Yeah. And after reading that, I realize it's still an exaggeration, but the obsession is absolutely nuts. And... And, yeah, going through all the stuff that he insists on doing on a daily basis, not just doing it, but doing it at the exact same time, it is uh, it is really, really weird. So here's one more, just one more. 
Ichiro hates not playing baseball, but he might hate playing poorly even more. When he's slumping, his wife has said she'll wake up and find him crying in his sleep. The first time he went on the the, uh, disabled list as a major leaguer was because of a bleeding stomach ulcer. That year, he led Japan to a victory in the 2009 World Baseball Classic, winning the final game with a base hit in extra innings. The stress ate a hole in his stomach. Weeks later, a Mariners team doctor told him he couldn't play on opening day. Ichiro refused to listen. His teammate Mike Sweeney says, before the team ultimately forced him to sit, the doctor tried to explain that a bleeding ulcer was a serious condition that could kill him. Ichiro said, I'll take my chances. I'll take my chances, yes. <laughs> yeah, besides that, I'll be fine. Um, yeah, I thought I had some weird compulsions and stuff, and I still think I do, but I feel much better about my own compulsions after seeing those compulsions. Do you have compulsions off the top of your head that would rival Ichiro's at all? Uh, just weird. Just, I, I have just weird stuff about, about trying to do the same thing on, on a daily basis. Well, like, you've told us before that, like, you'll have to go check the door to see if it's locked before yeah, bedtime. I do that, and I think that's pretty normal, but, like, I have now have a compulsion that I've had for a few years about putting putting clothes out the night before work. Like, I'm 48 years old. There's no really good excuse for it. And we're not talking about Armani suits, no offense. No, exactly. But We're I'm talking like, about yes. a Blackhawk suited sweatshirt. No, but, I mean, we're talking... There's not that many options to begin with. <laughs> no, we're talking about <laughs> like my socks. Like, how many socks. pairs of shoes do you even wear? Like To work? One. One. Except on Saturdays when I wear my tennis shoes. But I'll put out, like, my boxers, my um, socks, and my undershirt on a daily basis the night before. And it's a complete compulsion. Have you ever just, like, decided to not do that to see what happens? It bothers or? me. It, like, throw it. The only thing I could think of is when, when I was a kid, I, I wanted to be a hockey goalie, and hockey goalies are super weird. They're so, they're they're really, really, really odd when, when it comes to rituals. So you decided Watch, to, to do the weird rituals and well, not work on your game as a hockey player? I, just, I stunk. Watch, <laughs> yeah, if I get the rituals down, then Watch, I'll, worry, I'll worry about stopping the puck later. When Alex Stalock, you, you can tell with the wild backup goalie, Watch how often d- during the course of a game that he'll make a save, give the puck to the referee, and then skate to these to the boards, and then skate back. And I think he'll go to the one board, come back, and go to the uh, to the other boards. God. But he has this, and that's it's just really weird. But when, when you see this, Ichiro is completely obsessed. It's intriguing. But it's got to it's got to absolutely tax you. Well, and then so he's made in just his major league career without endorsements and any other money that comes in, he's made 160 million dollars in mm-hmm. his major league career playing baseball, mm-hmm. and he probably made a few million dollars as a young because he played in Japan from age 18 through 26. He's got 4,300 career hits between Japan and the major leagues. So let's say he's made with endorsements over 200 million dollars in his life. What does he? Like, he rents out a stadium. That costs a lot of money. Probably yep. has a couple nice houses, one in Japan, you know, hotel, nice hotel. Yep. Probably has a couple nice cars. But he doesn't. apparently he's gone on one vacation in the last 15 years. And he couldn't stand and it. And he hated it. Yeah. So he doesn't, he's not going to uh, to the Bahamas or, 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 you know, buying a yacht and going out. He's just practicing baseball. And he's convinced that. Trapped by his own skill and fame. And he, it's he's, amazing. And he's convinced, in, in his mind at least, that he can play baseball until he's 50. It's Brady-like. Yeah, but even like Brady goes on vacation. Sure, but I'm just saying this, this belief that that somehow identifies you, that, that your life is, is that you could continue to play a sport where most people have to retire at 37, 38, that this guy can play till he's 50. Yeah. Man, 
So I don't but know, it's, if you it's a read, great read. Read the whole thing. It's Wright Thompson, ESPN, the magazine. Uh, let's do a little uh, abbreviated Ask Mackie and Judd when we come back to wrap things up in the TCL Broadcast Studio. 651-646-8255. Uh, questions open, anything you want. If you want to rant about the Timberwolves from last night, you can rant about the Timberwolves. 651-646-8255. Mackie and Judd are back. Lights, camera, action. On 1500 ESPN. Minnesota United Soccer is back, and they're taking on Orlando City this Saturday. That will be tomorrow, tune in at 6 p.m. for the pre-match show with Brian Pyatt, followed by kickoff at 6.30. All the action can be heard right here. On 1500 ESPN. Uh, someone on Twitter here is is backing Dave Harrigan. Top languages spoken in the world ranked. Yep. This is from Sonia. Number one, Chinese. Mm-hmm. Number two, Spanish. And number three, English. Now, does does that is that just accounting for as your first language? Because I'm like obviously to Judd's point, there's a lot of people who speak English as a second language. Right. Or is it just people who speak English? I mean, like, I know a few Spanish words. Does that mean that I speak Spanish? Where do you draw that line? So I would think it's for your first language, right? I guess I would assume Reveal that. your sources. I, I don't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. This is how flawed this whole thing was. Oh, my gosh. I was just I was participated in a quiz oh, that was fraud. No, no. My sources were the, the Rosetta Stone people. I know they had the uh, the list, and they're the language experts. I don't remember I, all the other places, but I, I literally I think, Stump I, think has I triple to, checked that one to make sure Chinese was correct. And I want an investigation of Stump this weekend. I want the investigation done. Until then, I think Stump is on are hiatus. You, are you, you're you're uh, playing Should the we rest of Game Show Friday answers, John? under protest? I got isosceles triangle, <laughs> which what I were, still can't believe you pulled that one out of your back. It's the only one I knew. Or do you have the questions in front of you? I do. Yeah. The uh, let's see. Well, the Hot 100. You said Rolling Stone. Yep. Which they probably do one, but by the way, it's not called the Hot 100 because that's copyrighted. But I think I, they I think, might do one. Here's my uh, my psychological evaluation of Judd during Stump the Slob. I think you go in defeated sometimes. Just because, like, neither one of us are very good at trivia, and it's sometimes you you overthink the obvious answers. Yeah. And so I feel like you answered that first question instantly as a way to just get through the exercise as quickly as I, possible you know without what? thinking. Like, you the know billboard, you're close, 100. you're close, but not right. I'm guilty of, of this really badly. I hate games. I absolutely hate games. Dawn hates that. I hate games. I don't like board games. I don't like trivia games. I just don't like them. Mind games. I don't like. Mind games are fun. Only like sports games. No, nah, I don't like sports games. I like don't like sports. Like like the sporting contests though. Like well, ga- well games on games on a field or ice or a court. I love. But what I'm saying is like if there's a sports trivia game, I really don't like that either. Why not? But you'd probably do really well at. Sports I don't like trivia. drinking games. I just don't. I don't know. My brain just is not wired to enjoy Fear of losing. No, I just don't there's care. A, there's a deeper meaning here. It yeah. can't just be that you don't like games. I just don't. There has to have been something that happened earlier in your life that causes you to like, bristle I don't like, at games. Like, I don't like cards. Cards bore me to death. I don't know why. So, I don't like softball because one time huh. I swung and missed at a pitch in college. And it, it was, as a guy who played baseball, it was embarrassing. Okay. And so, I and I kept playing softball, but I always had this like fear in the back of my head of looking like an idiot swinging and missing at a slow pitch softball pitch. Sure. And so I've always had this kind of aversion to softball. But like I know I'm bad at sports. Doesn't bother me a bit. No, like, but I'm like t- you would I'm be totally good cool at sports that. trivia. You would dominate sports trivia. I just but I just get I get so incredibly bored. And then people like get competitive and I'm like, why are you being competitive about this? Just shut up. 
It's like drinking drinking games. I I love to drink beer, but I find drinking games to be just obnoxious. And I found them to be obnoxious since I was in high school, which was before I was supposed to be drinking. So but not I still even was like drinking. tip cup or yeah, and like quarters and all that. I don't have any time for that. You just want to rip. You just want to. You just want to guzzle the beer without. But I don't think that's a deep down. Like I don't think something happened trying to play quarters one time where where then I became jaded towards it. I just don't enjoy games, hmm. and like board games, I just hate. I just I hate sitting around. I don't care if it's family or friends or people I can't stand. Do you come from a family of fun police officers? No, not really. And you know, I can't describe it. I played games when I was a kid, but I played them, you know, with the. Um, like the football on on the Atari football and stuff like that. I didn't mind that. But yeah, games just bore me. And I don't think there's any deep-rooted meaning to it. We should almost bring on like a sports psychologist I mean, it, to get to the bottom of I'd love of your... to know. I, I would be happy to run this mm-hmm. past uh, expert. Dave, do you have anything that you know you can trace back to? Like something happened earlier in your life and you're just kind of, you're, you're hesitant? <sighs> Rides would be a thing a little bit for me. I got I got really sick on a ride one time when I was a kid, and it took me like ten years to feel really comfortable going and on I'm roller not coasters on, again. I'm not I'm uncomfortable on rides, largely because I'm scared of rides. So that something happened when you were a kid. Did you get like thrown off a roller coaster and land on your head or something? That would explain a lot, but no, nothing ever happened. Hmm. I, I just don't have, want to go on them. I don't have anything terribly traumatic. Hmm. There's a lot of foods that I probably haven't had in ten, fifteen, twenty years. That I just remember not liking them as an eight year old or whatever it was. Yeah. And I, I won't, you know, I'll, I'll throw a fit if my, you know, the wife uh, makes something or asks me to try something. And typically I try it. Oh, yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's very much a mental thing now. But you'll play flip cup or beer pong. Yes. I will play those. I am with Judd. I hate most drinking games when it comes to like card games and stuff like that. You know, play a little ride the bus. Let's yeah, so stupid, but <laughs> ride the bus. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah. Is, I will, I'll play a little flip even. cup. I'll play a little you know pong. Flip cup, incredibly boring. It's, it's so, not boring. It's action. It's not boring. And it's boring so competitive. It's like There's just something. drink. We'll just get, we'll, drink your beer. We'll get to the bottom of this someday. Let's we'll get, get an expert on. Uh, Judd's back tomorrow, ten to noon. We'll see you guys Monday.